Rightio, episode three one nine. It's gonna fall, mate. I think he's gonna. Is he happy with that? Then? Well, mate, don't touch it. I'm it won't para- fall. I'm a bit paranoid about that. Put it on the other side. Can't you do that? Put it on the other side, mate. I don't know how Joe puts up with you. I well, really don't. That's why there's there's multiple armrests in uh, uh, you know one on that side, one on this side. Because you wouldn't dare want to share a chair. Well, no, no. Well, it's just I just don't want it to fall. I'm just concerned that it won't break or something. And you're recording this, aren't you? <laughs> Good. Lucky I didn't bring up. So, lucky I didn't bring up the incident with the uh, the text message a moment ago. Do not disturb while yeah, driving. Yeah, do not disturb while driving, which is turned on while you're sitting here next to me. So well, that make, that makes you a fraud, mate. Safety fraud. in numbers, mate. <laughs> there should be a do not disturb while podcasting feature, don't you reckon? I might set that up as an auto reply style it? text. So, sorry, we're talking tech now. Okay. Get catch you later. Speaking of which. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading episode 319. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Trevor along with you from EFTM.com. Joining me and we are in the Tech Guide studio. Uh, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com today. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Good to see you here. Good rocked to see up, you. R- what are you going Bob Carr on me? Rocked up in a... Uh, what are you driving now? Tesla Model Tesla, S. Yeah, not bad, eh? I'm doing some... It's it's uh, All the kids at school are learning about power and yeah, right. they're basically being t- taught to be lefties or greenies and stuff. Really? So Does just, that make me... I've got solar panels now and a battery. Mate, you're a make, massive lefty. Does that make me a massive lefty now too? Because <laughs> I'm, so I'm getting the Model X actually. So I've been, I've been doing some presentations at schools oh. and showing kids the Model, model oh, S. You're a great dad, eh? Good school dad. Oh, I'm doing other schools, oh, not, other just, schools not, just, well. not just my, my oh, sons. Okay. Yeah, 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 good for you. Yeah, no, it's lovely to share share the knowledge, share the love, Absolutely, and just yeah. freak people out with a quarter of a million dollar car. Yeah, that's all. Very nice. By the way, most people think it's worth like sixty grand, and then you yeah. then you say higher, yeah, higher, good. higher. Yeah. Anyway, we have a lot to get through. Thanks to the good people at High Sense and Netgear. Two blokes talking tech. Well, Stephen, um, a couple of big ones this week. Um, firstly, yesterday's story, the Telecommunications Industry Ombudsman's annual report came out, um, and it's not a good look for anyone. Really? Now, I know they've been busy. Oh, <laughs> mate, 158,000 complaints in right. one year, right? Now, just average that out across the weekdays, and you start to freak out about the number of calls they're getting. Now, as I said, it's not good for anyone. Now, we'll talk about the headlines, and no doubt the NBN gets the headline, but NBN yeah. is 27,000 complaints of the 158,000. Um, my example of why this is bad for everyone is Telstra. Now, Telstra have the most complaints, obviously, because they're the biggest company. So forget that for a minute. But just in terms of the graph of complaints, if you look at what things are being complained about, they break into three categories, landline, mobile, and internet. And internet is is a big drama with all the telcos, but with Telstra, mobile complaints are up. With Optus, mobile complaints are up. With Vodafone, mobile complaints are up. Not as bad, to be honest, as Telstra, but it's it's customer service that people are complaining about. And it's a huge issue because here's my biggest takeout from reading the report. 158,000 complaints. 90.8% of those complaints were resolved by the TIO 
escalating that complaint to a higher level customer service within the, within the same <laughs> bloody telco. Why couldn't they do that then? Like the, this is the I, I know we're talking about Telstra, we're talking about the MBN, and naturally these are the biggest providers, and naturally they've got more customers, so of course they're going to attract a higher percentage number of complaints. Yeah. Percentage of complaints is a different story, but the. The, the fact that they can a customer can say, right, they go to the TIO, it bounces straight back to the telco, and it's resolved. Yes. And I had a bloke ring me last night, um, a woman, sorry, ring me last night, because I had a narc ring me last night telling me I shouldn't be referring people to the TIO. It costs money, da da da, da. Yeah. And then a woman rang and said, I had all these dramas with Optus, day after day, all these dramas, and nothing was working. Landline had been kind of hacked, I guess. Someone yeah. had taken a number. She rings the TIO. Two hours later, someone from Optus rings and it's fixed. Well, Mate, that's why, just ridiculous. Why, why don't they like? I, I know that's the lowest feeling in the world, and I, I think you. I remember there was a time I was having dramas with my Optus line, and you tweeted me halfway through it. Yeah. And the reaction that you, the response you got, reflected how I was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Let's just say there was. Um, it's some, like it's like interrupt, language. It's like interrupting you on Twitter after a South loss. It's that's just right. as bad. Exactly right, but. It's there's a lot of frustrated people out there, and I can't believe that companies don't realise that it's there's an easy fix out there. Yeah. That why don't they take well, the TIO, if the TIO can say, well, okay, why don't you do this, and then it's fixed. Like two Optus took them two hours to fix it. Yep. yep. What the hell's going on? And and it's the same with us. I mean, you get a call on the radio, I get a call on the radio, and I ring. Oh yeah. The, ring on their behalf. I, I ring on their behalf and say, can it's you escalate done. this? It gets fixed. Yeah. That needs to happen within the organisations. Yeah. Now, shout out to Virgin Mobile. Complaints down. The only one of all yeah. the telcos listed, complaints down. Right. Now, they only list the top 10 telcos, and they are 90% of all complaints. So that's yeah. probably enough to, to make a judgment on that. But with regards to the NBN, a couple of things. Um, NBN complaints are up 159%. NBN activations are up 222%, though. So you've got to take a you know, an interesting view of this mathematically and say the complaints are going to continue to go up. And frankly, the next year is going to be just as bad as the last because there's just as many people connecting this year as there were last year. But the NBN had to come out and they made a statement saying, look, we we acknowledge the the problems that people are having with activation. We Mm -hmm. acknowledge the problem people are having with, um, I guess, issue resolution. And they are working with the telcos on that. The fact that the NBN is, is saying, oh, we're going to spend money on marketing, it's stupid. The NBN shouldn't be spending any money. It should be the telcos yeah. that are fixing their yeah. end of the NBN deal. And the telcos should never be allowed to say on the phone, when someone rings up and says, oh, a problem, blah, 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 they shouldn't say, oh, it's an NBN problem. They should well, never be allowed to exactly say that. Exactly right. That's what because customers don't talk to the but, NBN. But, but how many times have you heard, I've heard this so many times, where you get a, a, a reader or a listener call, talk, call and you're emailing you and they say, I've rung the telco. The telco blames the NBN. The NBN blames the telco. Mm. It's just bounced back and forth. Uh, like it's a never-ending story. And I know we talked earlier about the escalation. And yeah, it's it's easier to escalate one or two cases. But there needs to be for their own, for their own well-being as a company. There needs to be some kind of system in place where get more people in there, get more people to escalate the problem and learn from the problem. If yeah. there's one issue that, uh, you know, Mr. A over here has, it could that solution could apply to Mr. B over here. Yeah. So that's one thing. On the NBN, though, this, I noticed that there were more complaints, not about the service, but about the delays. Yeah. There were more people who were waiting. I oh, know there was some kind of problem and they're waiting for the repair. And I think I saw something on the news. There was a, a, a temporary fix in place that I think had taken 70 days or something that no one had done anything about it. And so that I think is that people's frustration is they're, they're waiting for things to happen. 
of course, there's going to be an increase in the number of people complaining about it because there are more connections that are taking place. Yep. So, yeah, I, but it, it doesn't it doesn't look good. And the, the figures you, you can you can read them it's one awful. way. I know you can read them one way and say, mm-hmm. well, they got they've done a lot more installations this year, and it's this percentage of, of, of per thousand. Mm. But you can look at it the other way and think, well. That's still high. That's really high mm. for. Inter- let's just forget the sheer number, just the percentage. Mm. And you can t- look at the other telcos as well. The percentage of the of issues per thousand let, is, is look. Is let, let's address finally why this happens. Right now, Telstra is a great example. I was reading some annual report statements from Telstra the other day, and Andy Penn, the CEO, talked about how Telstra, as a business, loses three billion dollars in revenue because of the NBN, right? So basically because they lose that kind of exclusivity, because they lose that yeah. role as a wholesaler, yeah. that $3 billion is taken out of their business. And they need to replace that $3 billion, hopefully with customers staying NBN with customers. them. Yes, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Now, so that is why they are desperately churning people from old to new, from ADSL to NBN. They desperately want people to stay Telstra customers. Yeah. But as Bill Murray pointed out to me, there's 40,000 people a week activating on the NBN. That's Canberra every week switching on it's a big deal right and and it means that a lot of people um are gonna come up with these problems and the telcos have got to get their stuff together Mm. that you're talking it's awful the companies like take telstra as the example and optus for that matter too you're talking about people complaining about mobile landline internet Mm. Telstra and Optus offer all three of those services, and all three com- so, lots of complaints went up. Exactly. So, so you you look at other companies where they only maybe offer one or two out of the three services. Mm. So that that's another thing. And to why take are people complaining about well. landlines? Because they don't realise they're losing their landline, and they have to have this new style of landline. And elderly, for example, don't understand all this. Yeah. It's complicated, and they're complaining that, to the but, TIO. But that that's a good point because there's a lot of these complaints where. The customers haven't been informed. No. There's been no education to some of these customers. And you mentioned the elderly customers. How many emails do you get a week? People saying, oh, is my landline still going to work? What, what is this? What, what happens if this? If I don't want the NBN, what's going to happen? Mm. There's people who don't know, and they're a lot of the people that are picking up the phone and making the complaints. Yeah. So it's knowledge is power here. If, if the telcos and the NBN can, can figure that out and say, right, here, here's what's happened now. Let's learn from that so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. How hard is that? Mate, it's not rocket science. They should make us yeah. run. I'd, I'd happily run the customer service branch NBN, of Telstra. Yeah. No. Telstra, yeah. Yep. So they'd, they'd need a bigger Andy, budget, though. Andy Penny, are you listening? Well, I think bigger he does. budget. He's a big listener. Bigger budget. Well, mate, that's to the cover problem, your right? cost. You mean, or no, you well, to, yeah. <laughs> to, to cover your expenses, or, or to, a small <laughs> consulting fee? Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. One million. I'll take a million, million? and I'll fix it Just for, for you. It's going to cost them another five hundred million because they're going to need to invest. How can you fix it for a million dollars? No, that's my cost. That's your. <laughs> Jeez. I said five hundred million to fix it. Five hundred. Well, right. they're going to have to spend money right. to make money. Unfortunately, of they course. need to spend money because here's the la- the last thing I'll say is the TIO is not government funded. It's mm. telco funded. Every time there's a complaint, yeah, and and it's resolved via the TIO, the telco has to pay. So whenever you ring the ring the TIO, yeah, you're costing cost the money. telco money. Yeah, that's that's right. why, which is why it's extraordinary that if you're on the phone and you say, "Listen, listen, Telstra, listen, Optus, I'm going to the TIO." I, yeah. yeah, I want you just put me through to a to a more senior person. I want you to escalate this issue, or I'm going to call the TIO. And if they say, "I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do," that's just cost the telco money. Yeah. Boom, that phone call. Unbelievable. Last thing I, I want to chat about was the complaints by state. I, I found it interesting. Obviously, New South Wales 
were top of the list because they're the biggest. Then you had Victoria, in this order, okay? We went yeah. New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, Western Australia. Wow. South Australia, though. But South Australia, interestingly, had the percentage of their complaints was the biggest increase, 51%. Yeah, Western Australia doesn't surprise me. I do a spot on 6PR yeah. every week, and they are... Either angry, bored, really? frustrated. They are over the NBN. Because they live in Western Australia or it's because they Well, there the is NBN. that. Mate, I lived there for two years, longest decade of my life. Yeah, good on you, mate. That's that's good. That was, wasn't funny the first time you said that. Either, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out right. to our Perth listeners. That's great. <laughs> yeah, well, I never said that. Trevor said yeah, that. Yeah, mate, I'm happy I've I never been to by Perth. It. I've never been to Perth, so... Really? Happy to be... The ca- most isolated capital in the world. Happy to go over there. I remember and, when I... And, when I left 2GB in 1998 and Clive Robertson was there and he said, and he's a funny bloke, he just said, you know, you're moving to the most isolated capital in the right? world. Yeah. They're soon going to have a direct service to London though, mate. It's still freaking isolated. How so, good is that? Yeah, mate. Well, what I like about it is they're, they're going on about how good it is 17 hours to, to London, but it's going to take still five, five, five hours, hours to, to get there. <laughs> I don't see like it's a massive campaign from from Qantas to say we're getting a direct flight from Australia yeah. to, to to London, but I'd prefer to fly to bloody Abu Dhabi and then to London. Yeah, me too. But yeah, they've also uh, some people have have noted that the distance from Perth to London is further than the distance from Sydney to New York, and they said, well, how come how come you can't we can't use it Sydney to New York? Problem is that when when you're flying in a westerly, sorry, in an easterly direction, so you're going Sydney to the US, the Earth spinning under. No, no, there's the headwinds that that it, it actually adds like an hour, would add an hour and a half to the flight. Surely it adds so, a bit of time with just the Earth spinning too. Well, mate. That, I don't know. Well, that that might be that might be. Oh, mate, I'm, 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 can someone tweet me? But I'm the an idiot. Spinning. But, but okay, which so way, which way does the Earth? Hang spin? on. So the, well, the, that's a great question. Which way? <laughs> It spins. Well, hang on. If it, the let's sun look at the rises. Time. Oh crap! No, well, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. So it'd be it'd be no, it'd be going it'd be going clockwise. Then, if if you looked at it from the poles, it'd be, it's spinning clockwise because the sun is travelling that way. Yeah. So, the, so, the so you're you're travelling against the, you're travelling against the spin of the earth, right? So hang on. And no, so no, no, you're travelling with the spin of the earth if you're going to America because it's that's travelling. It's in so a so a bloody seven eight seven should get there. So it should take only twenty minutes to get there, shouldn't it? If you're spinning this, with the earth. This reminds me, on the continuous call team many years ago, Daryl Broman made a very valid point at the time. He said, if you took off in a helicopter yeah. and then just waited half an hour and you went down again, would you land in a different spot? Yeah, that's, that's, that's valid. I think, I think the, 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 the flights of the future, though, once we get the technology, they'll, they'll sort of go, planes are going in like a sub-orbit. Oh, mate, Elon then, Musk will go into space twenty minutes. Just, but then, no, but then they'll drop that. Forget the space travel; that's another thing. But into intercontinental travel, it'll be you go right up into the sub atmosphere, and then just like the like the big man says, you, then you'll just drop down to where you got to go. So the, the Earth will be spinning under. So you're taking off in a rocket. Mate, my guts aren't feeling. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> but you're you're shoddy in a seaplane. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I remember sitting in front of you in a seaplane. I was joking and carrying on, and your your ashen face behind me sort of staying really still. You were, I'll say it. You were shitting yourself. Yeah, I was also spewing <laughs> in my mouth. I think he was if, flying along the path of the the Nepean River or something. If you watch the video from CES this year, when uh, me and the boys we got a helicopter, we went over the Hoover Dam. There's a bit of uh, bit of up and under action uh, in the old. Right? Oh, you oh, did, yeah, really? oh, mate, not good. Over oh. we flying there it was okay, but over Hoover Dam, we just decided to go bank Way. and left, bank and right. I'm going, mate. Whoa! Really? There you go. Yeah, not good. Anyway, two blokes talking tech. <laughs> two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now there was pretty big news early this week uh, about 
this uh, this bug. I thought you were going to say big news about crack. Yeah, well, that's well, that's what I'm getting to. It's like uh, I'm trying to think of a funny joke with a crack with crack in it now, but it'll I'll come <laughs> it'll come to me. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're this bug, which is what the the key it's key reincitement key reassignment. I think it stands for, yeah. but. Basically, the WPA, which is Wi-Fi Protected Access, yep. the protocol has been broken. And, and just to put it, and how many I've done a thousand radio interviews about this yep. this week. Just to put it in really simple terms, is the when, when you enter your password to get to enter a secure Wi-Fi network, a little digital handshake takes place, and then like a doorman in a nightclub, I says, "In you go." So you're you're allowed into the network. Well, imagine uh, this bug being able to compromise that without just could they can just enter any secure network they want, kind of unraveling this four way this four way digital handshake. So that 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 was the news that that came out of that came out earlier this week and literally puts every Wi Fi device in the world at risk to to these hackers. Yeah. So. Uh, the the questions that, that people have been asking was, well, what does that mean? We can't use Wi-Fi ever again, or and what's the solution? Well, the 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 sort of the good news, if you could say it, the the, the upside of this thing is that this is sort of a proximity threat, which means that for someone to crack your network, they've got to be in the range of your network. So it's yeah. not like someone's going to rock up to your house and just deploy this bug and look at all your documents and look at everything you, you, you're looking on the internet. So not um, unlike another online hack that could potentially affect you from the other side of the world or cost you money or whatever, this is a proximity threat. So you'd have to be pretty damn unlucky for this the, a hacker with this key to target you and look at everything you're doing. I'll put it the way I'd explain it on the radio was that imagine someone comes to your street and they've got the key to every front door in the ha- every front door of every house in the street. They can walk in and look at whatever they want. And and it was a very very interesting video the people that discovered it did that actually showed not just looking at the traffic but also breaking the encryption of some websites. But in the end, you're right. It's it's not something to utterly freak out about, but it is a brilliant brilliant reminder of why security updates are critical so apple's already announced that they've got uh, an, a fix in beta so in the next when you get ios 11.04 that'll, that'll be fixed yeah um microsoft fixed it on the 10th of october um really yeah so be- of the day it happened yeah or before it was yeah, officially because announced. because this is the thing these people talk to these companies before they announce yeah, it yeah. because they're not assholes they don't want the world to crumble under wi-fi attacks um netgear have got firmware coming to, to their modem so basically yeah. you need to keep an eye out for software updates on your computer your mm. phone your tv your everything because it's not the network so once you update your router all your devices are still uh, vulnerable. So yeah, right. every device needs to be updated. And that's going to be the problem is this thing is going to exist for years. And theoretically, it's always going to be out there because not everyone's going to update everything. But, yeah. And not every you know dodgy little baby cam company is going to update their software either. But it's exactly, a yeah. huge unlikelihood that someone's going to be standing outside your place trying to sniff your traffic. But it, but it is a great point that you, you said. A lot of people get annoyed when there's an update. Yeah. How many people have said, oh, should I, should I run iOS 11? And... I said, well, of course you should, because you're going to get all this. There's all these features you're going to get, and you're going to get a lot of space back, a lot, a lot of memory back. And a lot of people, they think, oh, they they see it as a hassle. They've got to update something, and it's it's a it's a it's work for them. Mm. But if you don't do it, you're at risk of these these attackers with this, this sort of bug. So I think you need to take the time, show some. You've got to sort of be patient, 
and update whatever you can. It's not rocket science, folks. Keep an eye on your uh, updates on your mobile devices, your PCs, and log. learn how to log into your router and check for a firmware update. You might be surprised there might be one there now that actually gives you better speeds, funnily enough. So check it out on your uh, router's admin page. If you don't know how, search it up on your uh, on your manufacturer website, and if you need more information, get in touch. Go to, go to Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. See the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 is back with features consumers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content and picture quality. ULED is a result of internationally patented technology that brings the best out of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features include 4K UHD resolution, HDR+, a wide colour gamut, and local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix to 4K HDR. You can watch Stan, Freeview+, along with YouTube that are all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your viewing habits has never been easier thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs come in 50, 55, 65 and a massive 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, um, not really big news, but incrementally good news for people who love their Apple Pay. Um... Two things have happened in the last week. Uh, firstly, Woolworths are um, very, very close to um, announcing their rewards card. Yep. Will be available in Apple which Pay. I've got, which I've got. Great. I'm not well, a Woolworths rewards customer. So you'll be able to add that to your Activating wallet. Activating my office in, on, in on the internet. Apple Pay. Excellent. Um, but it's not perfect yet because basically, and it, it, it's actually already on the consoles now. If you go to pay, it actually appears on the little screen that you can tap and go. So basically, you'll be able to tap your phone, bring up the Woolworths card, and uh, click to go. But the issue um, in the future is, or not the issue, but the advantage in the future is, it will Apple Pay works in such a way that it can combine all of your cards. So yes. in the future, and this is not going to happen at launch, in the future you'll be able to go, I'm, I'm at Woolworths, thank you very much, it's $173, tap my phone and it choose a card, your ANZ, AMX, whatever, and then fingerprint. And not only does it pay the payment, but it also does the reward mechanism in yeah, one action. That's great. So right now at launch, it'll be two actions. Scan your, scan your reward card, and then later on, scan your payment card. Does so that's really that, cool. Does this mean that I don't have to ask you if you've got flybys? Oh, Coles, mate, they're shocking. Does that, does that mean that, it's, uh, well, that will help? So if, it, if it's there, it'll just apply it, whatever's there? Yes. That, right. you, that, you don't, you don't so they don't to have to ask you for flybys anymore? They're always going to ask you. Mate, that's a Coles thing, by the way. So is it's it? Woolworths, oh. yeah. Oh, it's not. It's not well, don't, don't Woolies do? No, Woolies, Woolies do? is Have you got a rewards card? I've got a Woolworths rewards card, but uh, I think Joe's got a flybys card that she uses at Coles. But she's had a lot of flights out of that. Uh, well, she said, well, instead of using the points for flights, we just take the money off the bill, off the grocery bill. Wow, thirty yeah. cents off! No, no, we saved a couple of hundred bucks. We saved. There was a lot of points. We, there was like oh, two hundred accumulated. Yeah, yeah two hundred fifty dollars <laughs> shop cost us so like twenty bucks. Then the <laughs> the other news this week was Eftpos. Uh, now, Eftpos yes. is an Australian payment system. It doesn't rival Mastercard and Visa, but it it, it it is a competitor. It's actually not an independent company. It's owned by the banks, mm-hmm. um, but it is its own payment mechanism. And there are people uh, who have a, a bank card. And it says FPOS in the bottom corner, not Visa or MasterCard. Yeah. And so this week, 
FPOS was enabled for Apple Pay through the ANZ Bank. So if you're an ANZ customer with the FPOS logo on your card instead of the Visa or the MasterCard, which is about 1.6 million people, you can now add your card to Apple Pay, which is huge. How good are ANZ going with Apple Pay? Mate, they're They're, smashing it. You're a customer now, aren't you? You you switch from I switched for this reason, yeah. And well, now they're, they're no St. George, screw them. Oh, there you go. So that you they're offering now people because traditionally Apple Pay was a credit transaction. No, no. Traditionally, Apple Pay was a Visa or Mastercard transaction. Yes, you can have a Visa is, debit card. Oh, you can yes. Okay. So well, my my, my ANZ card is a Visa debit card. So ah. it's my money. Okay. But there's a bunch of people. So I'm talking to ANZ yesterday, and they said, look, it's a really weird thing. Um, it's not really a, 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 doesn't make much difference to the consumer, but there's some people, especially the elderly. They don't want to have credit who, cards. Who, no, no, they don't want to have, they think. They want to spend their own money. They think a Visa debit card is credit, Yeah. but it's actually your own money. I don't have a credit line. I don't have any uh-huh. debt with ANZ. I've only got my own money, but I've got a Visa version of that, a Visa debit card. Yeah. And so a lot of people um, see the Visa logo and they think, oh, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to owe someone money. Yeah. No, no. So what they do is they opt for the FPOS version. And yeah. so those so 1.6 million people yeah. now get to use their FPOS so card. Those people with an access card that's got FPOS, that, 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 so they're using that. But Visa debit was already there. Yes. But uh, So ANZ are really leading the way here. And I just want to read you a little tweet that uh, some some guy tweeted me saying, uh, hurry up, you know, when, when hurry up, Combank, what, what, we get your act together. Yeah, and ANZ actually tweeted back. They said the guy, the guy, his his handle is Cowboy Steel, yeah. and he said he tweeted, "Hurry up at Combank," and ANZ said, "How about you hurry over to the bright side, Cowboy? We've got what you need." <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. So, well, I you know it. I saw a lot of people, a lot of the same people keep saying to me on Twitter, oh, come on, ANZ, come on, NAB, come on, Combank. Yeah. And I've just started, you know, I've, I was always pretty vocal, but I've just started saying, mate, and there was a guy called Zach, he's a young developer, he said, oh, come on, Combank. And I said, mate, Combank are taking the piss. Leave them. Yeah. It's the only way they're going to yeah. get the message. Folks, stop waiting. It's yeah. the only way they're going to get the message is if you just pack up and leave. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're too loyal and lazy. Well, I've, got, I've, got my, I've got Sydney Credit Unions on, on my for mine. There yeah, you go. Sydney Credit Union is my little card yeah. that I've got. So well, I've got my ANZ Visa debit and my Amex card. So, in fact, um, the other day I went for a, went on a um, I went for a walk, big long walk, and uh, sort of walk run in the morning, and I'm um, thinking, oh, damn it, I forgot my I forgot my wallet. I didn't even have my phone. I, I just I had, but I had the Apple Watch, and could still use my uh, my Apple Pay to pay for my coffee. Easy, such Fantastic. a great thing. Simple stuff, easy done. Uh, ANZ FPOS customers can now use Apple Pay, and Woolworths rewards coming very very soon. Two blokes talking to. Mate, 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 ten and mate ten pro. <laughs> They're the new phones. That I think you Huawei. took it too far, like an extra, yeah, just an extra so? one. Yeah. You think so? But Huawei, uh, they, they've got plenty of mates. Huawei, they've uh, they've got two new mates. As a matter of fact, the Mate Ten, the Mate Ten Pro, that they've just uh, unveiled. And again, it's kind of a, a sort of similar story to the Pixel Pixel Two here, where they've got a the Mate Ten, who's got a five point nine sixteen by nine display. But the XL, sorry, the Mate 10 Pro, which is like the Pixel 2 XL, has the six-inch screen, uh, which is only 0.1 of an inch bigger, but has the nice 18 by 9 OLED mm. full screen. Again, going down the <coughs> same path as the S8, Note 8, LG G6. Pixel 2, G6, V30, iPhone 10, Q6, and it's all happening. I find the Pixel and the Mates interesting. I think 
I wonder if the Mate 10, for example, was done, dusted, in development, almost finished, and then they saw what was going on. They went, oh, crap, we better do something else. And so they're sitting these ones side by side in the same way that Google yeah. have done that with the Pixel. It just feels like the smaller version is, is, is old school now. Yeah. But I think uh, with this, though, the, you know, the design's one thing. That's great. But what I think what Huawei is pushing here with these, and I'm really keen to get hold of these to test them out, is that the fact that it's the world's first in artificial intelligence smartphone processor. It's a big claim. They've they got had that their... last year, though, didn't they? Well, no, I don't think they did. They, they no, had they talked Kirin... about that in the Mate Nine. Well, no, well, they're saying here the world's first AI smartphone processor. So I know you. I think you had the machine learning was last year. Mm-hmm. This this year they're saying artificial intelligence. So they're they're using their new Kirin Nine Fifty processor, is that what it's called? Which, but the benefits of that means that it's it can not only create these amazing efficiencies within the phone, so it'll give you battery efficiency. It'll give you process efficiency as well. Uh, but also it's going to be able to use, there'll be an AI-powered real-time scene and object recognition within the camera uh, and also an uh, artificial intelligence translator. So you'll be able to use AI for that as well. So, uh, And then what they've done is actually opened up the platform. So this AI platform's opened up to developers. So they'll be able to develop apps that'll tap straight into that AI processor as well. So the... It's sort of moving in another direction here where the phone is going to somehow offer us even more capability that we're seeing now. Uh, so that's exciting. And with- it's, it's kind of akin to <laughs> Apple saying with their um, augmented reality is probably the best example. We're going to build the, the smarts. You just take advantage of it. The problem with Huawei is it needs to be in all Android phones for a Google Play developer to want to do that. So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. I think... The beautiful thing is the Mate 10's a bloody good phone. Like, this is the thing. Kirin, Kirin processor, artificial, all these things we talk about, mate, I don't think any of them are massively relevant to the average Joe. They just want a phone that's thin, it's light, it's got yeah. a big screen, it's but got a great the, camera. These things, yeah. the cameras on this are beautiful. Yes, like, the that's Leica the thing. lenses, yeah, true. You know, my father-in-law, I gave my, my Mate 9 to my father-in-law, who was an iPhone user. Aren't you a good But he loves his photography. And I yeah. said, I just want you to play with this. Now, he, yeah. it was around last night, and he... He told me, he said, he went, I went back to the iPhone for like four days yeah. and then came straight back to, the, right? to the mate. Yep. And, um, and he showed me a photo, just a random photo he took of like um, his son's girlfriend um, at their boat. Yep. And it was an f- amazing photo. It wasn't like a posed thing. She yeah. was just there really ready to you know, wash the decks or whatever it was. Yep. It was a, not an amazing... Candid photo, yep. It was candid, but it was beautiful picture quality. The colour, the, yeah. everything was great. And I've always rated the Huawei cameras are fantastic. In yeah. my review, I actually put my... When I, when I reviewed the, uh, the U... What was it? The, the P10. P10. And I put the P10 photos next to the iPhone 7, fo- 7 Plus photos. And mate, it was in some in some cases. I think the Huawei pictures look better. No they doubt. were great quality. So the, the and the fact they got the dual lenses, you get this the, the terrific uh, depth of field, the that bokeh effect, and it even even works in your selfies if you want to have that effect as well. So yeah. there are the, the and and the cameras here have gone to the next level with this AI processing. Uh, I think it's the same resolution though, twelve megapixel on one RGB, and then the twenty megapixel monochrome. So still working in unison, optical image stabilization as well in both. So I think as a package, Huawei are already doing well, and I, I'm really excited to see this. I'm, I'm really keen to get this in my hand and give it a grow. But I, I think aside from that though, we can't not talk about the Huawei Two I. Yes. The Nova 2i. 2i, 2 I. and the little I. I actually think this is bloody brilliant. So it's a $500 phone for a start. Yeah. Um, it it actually looks like, feels a lot like an Oppo, only because it feels like an iPhone and the Oppos feel like iPhones. So it's kind yeah. of a, a weird circle there. But 
you know what? They call it full view display. It's the 18 by 9. It's the unboxed. It's whatever you're going to call it with Samsung or LG or whoever. <clears throat> but essentially, it's that, again, that modern screen style. Um, it's got front and back dual lenses. <laughs> so, it mate, for a $500 phone, yeah, are you kidding good. me? Yeah, well, it's a, it, this is an example. And, you know, we've been to the Huawei campus. So this is an example of Huawei's technology, which three years ago, that was the, the top-of-the-line feature. Great example of the, the the technology filtering down to the mid-level phones. Yeah, this is a $500 phone. That's compelling in that market, and I think this is really going to stand out in the crowd. The, the, mid, the mid-tier market, I think it's some great value, great features, and this is probably going to lead the way. That, that, the, two, the two cameras on the front, that, that's, that's a game changer for a lot of customers. Totally. That'll think, thank you very much, I'll take that right now. 100%. They look great. Uh, details of all those cameras and reviews and phones and whatnot coming up over the coming weeks at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and the creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. And now the best in the business is the Arlo Pro. Uh, with even more features, two-way audio, so you can talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. The Arlo Pro also has quick charge, rechargeable batteries. Um, you can get uh, spare batteries that you can have ready to go. You can have charging accessories. You can even get a solar panel to charge the device constantly so you never need to touch it. Night vision, live on-demand streaming, and yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof. So you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up and you can check in on your home or business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com slash au for more information. Arlo, the new Arlo Pro by Netgear Every angle covered. A couple of quick things before we get to the minute or five-minute reviews. Um, <laughs> Gran Turismo Sport is out this week. It was out uh, yesterday. Mate, I play a lot of racing games, you as you don't. know. You play you a lot of shoot em dead you games. Don't, you don't put, publicise that very much. That's all <laughs> I like about you. Just keep it to yourself. Um, if you haven't noticed, I've also got a little racing seat, and yeah. it's really good too. I like what was your last one? You had what's wrong with this picture? You had what was on the screen? Yeah, the kids were watching bloody Skylanders on Netflix. Oh, I had the God. seat out ready to go. Dare kids they? came in. I went, oh, How what? dare they? Unbelievable. I didn't pull rank. How about me? So what what father so what, of the year. So you let them watch that. You didn't say, listen, go watch it somewhere else. I'm yeah, racing. Mainly because they heckle me when I'm racing. Really? I don't like it. You yep. can't cop the heckle. Harry's like, don't crash that! <laughs> anyway, so we've had uh, Formula One 2017. We've had Project Cars 2. We've had Forza Motorsport 7 come out. And now we've had Gran Turismo Sport. Now, I did a, I did a comparison the other day. I, I, I recorded laps in Project Cars, Forza, and Gran Turismo. It's very interesting. People's perceptions are, are all different. Um, I'm going to say Gran Turismo is not the best game graphically, although it's been, you know, not the four best game graphically. Not, not of the three of the four, okay. no. Because it used to be, didn't it? It, was, yeah. it kind of led the way. It looked, yeah. looked real. It, it, it looks amazing, but now yeah. you're getting down to detail. Now it's like Project Cars, yeah. the track looks more real. Forza, oh. the ripple strips look more real. I don't know. So what Gran Turismo is to me is a game that teaches you how to drive because there's no real career mode. So in Forza... Let's put them side by side. Let's say that they're the same graphics-wise because it is yep. much of a muchness. 
In Forza, you go and you say, I'm going to be a racing car driver. You, you, you buy a little car and you race it in a series. You get better, you win series. You get better, you go to the next series. You work your way up the ranks. In Gran Turismo, you learn. You, you learn how to drive this corner and you, you try and they give you challenges. Challenge after challenge after challenge. You learn how to drive. And to the point where when you, when you get to then race in online games, because it's all about online gaming for Gran Turismo mm-hmm. Sport, you can actually earn a racing license. Wow. An FAI, the people that accredit Formula One, yeah. Have a have a racing license for Gran Turismo. Right. It's going to be a physical license that you get in the post that you actually physically pay for, not an in-app yeah, purchase. Exactly. Like it's a proper. So it's if you, you play the game well enough, you can earn that license. And I think what will happen is that license will be required to enter eSport events. And so, if you get pulled over by the police, you can pull out your Gran Turismo license. No, so listen, license the registration. Two hundred k's an hour. I had it covered. <laughs> but in my, in the limited experience I've had with the driving games, I, I always found that Gran Turismo was more true to realism in terms of driving experience, whereas the others were a little bit more forgiving. Is that still the case or not? I, I think it's it's questionable. I think it is again. It's very much personal experience. I think Project Cars is probably the best racing experience. Right. But what Grand, the number one thing I hate about Gran Turismo, so I turned my BMW around, went the wrong way around Mount Panorama BMW. and slammed it into a broke. Why not a Merc, mate? Oh, well, because they're a crap car. Um, <laughs> slammed into a bloke at 300 k's an hour oh. and there's a little scratch on the bonnet. Mate, the Is fact... Is that a... Yeah. yeah. So they just more realistic They damage. still don't have realistic damage and I think it's because of their contracts with the car you manufacturer. anarchist? You want an anarchist? You went the wrong way. Mate, when you crash Panorama. a Formula One car in the F1 2017 game, yeah. if you've got damage on... Wheels come off. The car yeah. becomes just like in real life. That's people need to. You need to learn that experience. Whole, that's whole part of the game, isn't it? You got to be. You got to have the speed, but you gotta, the finesse. You got to learn to play with damage off. Yeah. That's the. That's the. The end goal for me is to do laps of the mountain with damage off. I can't do it, mate. I'm. Yeah, I struggle. Amazing. I love cutting laps, but I always bump the walls and things. I, uh, I heard. It, did you hear uh, Daniel Ricciardo? Uh, Alan Jones interviewed him this morning on, mm. on the on the radio, and he was talking about. Like Alan, Alan was saying, I guess, is it just about use speed and just being fearless? And, and Daniel Ricciardo was saying, well, yeah, that's an aspect, but the, you have to have a bit of touch because if you go too aggressive, you, you could you could ruin ruin the whole thing. Yeah. So um, is that that was that's a whole part of the appeal of the racing games is that you're literally in the driver's seat, well, virtually in the driver's seat, and <clears> that is that is part of the deal. You need to have the finesse and the speed to do well. The challenge for people that don't have a console now is do you take an Xbox or a PlayStation? There's a, my answer to that is there's a great racing game with each of them. Forza is excellent. Gran Turismo is excellent. If you want to learn to drive, Gran Turismo is probably the one. Otherwise, it's about looking at what else games, what other games are available. Do you want to play Halo? Do you want to play, you know, whatever is a PlayStation yeah, yeah. exclusive title? Call of Duty's coming out, probably. But that's across all platforms, weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it really? Call of Duty, yeah, World War Two, yeah, it should be good. Actually, you know what? Can I just say this? Looks I really want to play good. that. Yeah, it looks great. Because you know what? You know my opinion of, of shoot 'em up games. I don't like the futuristic space yeah, stuff. Yeah. They're going back to their roots now. They're back Mate. to the, back to the historically accurate. If you're prepared to to go easy on me, I'd go co-op. With let's you. go. Yeah, let's do you it. You know, you'll have to have game. my back. We'll play right here. We'll play right here on in the Tech Guide Theatre. We'll do that. But I just want to play at home. Okay. So, oh, you want to do co-op from your place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. You have to have my back, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a couple you of missions. You can't shoot me in the back, no, can no, you? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll be trying. <laughs> <laughs> can you shoot your teammates? No, I don't think you can. Oh, you'd lose points if you tried, yeah. yeah. In the game, if you hit your, you hit your, your, your soldiers... Your, your, and this your, is going to sound crazy, right? Yeah. But when Forza came out, Quattromani and I were online at the same time, and I only then realised that you could 
it was very easy to put the microphone on and just oh, talk yeah. to the you people. Talk to each other. Yeah. Like online games. You know that before? Well, I did it like twenty like, years ago with I, Midtown Madness like, on the just, Xbox original. I'll tell a funny story about that. I, I used to have my headset on all the time and talk to the people because yeah, you, know, you, you form teams and you say, right, you go around the left and I go around the right. So you, mm. it's tactical, right? Mm. And I, I used to have a little clan with my brother, my cousins, my brother-in-law. We had a clan. We had a little Ra- clan. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Yeah, well, we had a clan with Call of Duty, and, and I can remember playing just by myself when I had the, had the headset on. And uh, back then, my my, um, my my tag was uh, Sharky nineteen sixty eight, and guy goes nineteen sixty eight. What's that? I said oh, that's when I was born. He goes, oh, you're older than my dad. <laughs> the guy, this, this young like, this young smartass. And then I, I just proceeded. You just turn around and shoot. I, him. I proceeded to smash him in the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I beat him. But yeah, he was a little cheeky, little bludger. But put him. But, in his and place. I know it sounds ridiculous, but like I played online. I remember playing a uh, Xbox had a tennis game. And playing that, yeah. that was my first experience with talking to people on the internet. Oh, it was just weird, fun. random it's people. Funny. But to play, see, I don't. I, I, I love Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto. I love that game. It's a bit yeah. of fun. But any time I play online, it's just stupid because yeah, there's people who are just so good at it. They just kill you, right? No, it's just no, stupid. Well, I, that, that's the I just thing. want to enjoy the process. Like, uh, Call of Duty is a little bit used to be like that, but now they kind of put you uh, with people that are similar to your skill right. level, like your your level in the game. Like right. you know how you get up the rankings yep, and yep. you go pro and all that. But, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I want to get the headset on, sit in the yeah, uh, AFTM mate. man cave. Yeah, you we'll sit in yours, yeah, and right um, you can guide me through right a map. in this seat. Okay, very yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. Okay, go around to the right. We'll go, I'll go left. I'll well, shut up. Bang. <laughs> I can't listen next yeah, time. Yeah. No, definitely, mate. We'll do that for sure. All right, Grand Turismo Sports out now. You'll find it at uh, leading retailers. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, uh, D-Link announced uh, an interesting little partnership this week. D-Link, of course, the company who make uh, various routers uh, and other devices, but in particular their routers uh, can now, uh, with this partnership with a company called Quilt, and that's spelt K-W-I-L-T. Now, Quilt is a company that can create an individual photo stream and pull all of your photographs in from social media, from online storage and from your physical storage too, whether it's in a, on a connected drive, into one single photo stream, which is a handy feature if you... Well, put it this way, if you forget the cloud storage, you just say you've got your photos in Facebook, on Instagram, wherever they have it, and as well as on a drive connected at home, that's enough to create a little private cloud so that gives you access to them from anywhere using the quilt through your dealer. Where are they browser. stored? Uh, well, they're still wherever they are. The, you right, you just, create your stream. References them. Yes, it references them so you can just access them. And if you need to download it to wherever you are, you can do that. So rather than having to pay for cloud storage, you're accessing your own pictures as if they're cloud storage. It's a really handy little feature. I thought we would just cover that very Details briefly. at techguide.com.au. Now, Stephen, um, I never ring your doorbell because I know you're videoing me, and it's uh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't consent to Are that. You're paranoid, but I've installed the Ring video doorbell too, and the floodlight cam, and they yeah. are cracking good products. Um, I, I really can't complain about them as a as a security um, installation, and from a usability point of view, they're bloody great. But yeah, I agree. I, I really like the product and Ring 2, rather than sort of going back to telling the whole story again, Ring 2, I'm just going to talk about the improvements. The yep. improvements, uh, when someone rings your doorbell, the video that you watch is now 1080p, so it's much clearer. Uh, audio, I think, is a bit better too. There's a little bit of noise cancellation happening. 
Uh, now there's also uh, live view, so you can actually choose. Before you can only see the video when someone pressed your doorbell, but no, now you could enable that with the one. Oh, you could do that yeah. with the one. Okay, well now this one, well the, the higher quality live oh, view is there. The, especially if your house points uh, westerly, your front door in the afternoon sun, uh, it would get blown out. You couldn't see it was there. So it handles the bright is that what lights to place? better too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it handles the bright better too. Mm. You know my favourite new feature? The battery. Removable. Yeah, well, you don't have to before take whole, you had to take the whole thing off. off. Yeah, exactly right. Now, and there's only one screw you have to unscrew now instead of two, yeah. and you just pop the battery out. Uh, I also, I like the, well, with the, with the floodlight cam, you've got now a camera with two-way audio, you've got a floodlight, and you've got a siren. So you can now live view through that, get your motion detection. Because a lot of people think, well, a lot of people think, well, it's only to answer your doorbell. Well, it isn't because it can detect motion as well. So it is has a very high security aspect as well. With the the floodlight cam, uh, it, it's quite a bright light. The camera is similar to the one on the doorbell where you can actually have your two-way audio, 1080p. You can set your motion zones as well. So my camera sort of faces, I can sort of see a little bit of my neighbor's yard. So I can sort of hive that off and not be not have that motion. Uh, and the siren, there's a 110 decibel siren on board as well. So if you see some some bludger lurking around your house, you can whack the siren if you get the right, motion. You didn't set it off and when I arrived. Oh, yeah. Well, I might do it next time. <laughs> but uh, no, Ring Doorbell 2. Uh, and the Ring Floodlight Cam is actually more expensive. Not surprisingly, there's a few more features to it. The Ring Doorbell 2 uh, is 2329 The Ring Floodlight Cam, 379 Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, if you want a genuine review of this next product, just go to uh, EFTM and uh, <laughs> have a look at what my son did. But if you want to read read the deets, the rantings of a old man Star well, Wars fan, um, Stephen Fennick can help you at techguide.com.au. I, I did see this rather than an old man reviewing this. Were you talking about me? I was actually talking about me, but now okay, you think good, about no, it. Good. I'm, glad, I'm glad about that because I've written my review and I sort of said, well, I wish there was stuff like this when I was a kid. Kids today, Star Wars fans today, as kids, have got all the great gear, yeah. including the Star Wars camera watch, which is 89 bucks at JB Hi-Fi. Right. There's Stormtroop, two Stormtrooper designs, white and black, BB-8 orange as well. And it's a camera built into the watch, so it's built into the top edge. It's only 0.3 of a megapixel, so it's not a massive file. No. But what you can do with the photos, you can add a little Star Wars frame, a little filter, and and have a bit of fun. But it doesn't end there. There's also three games on board. There's like an asteroid One of them's augmented reality. Well, one of them is, and what I like about it too, is they're all sort of motion sensitive where you need to move your wrist around and do yeah. stuff with it. So there's, there's an asteroid shooter, find the TIE fighter, BB-8 rotation puzzle. Uh, but there's also these great sound effect applications oh, yeah. too, where you can put on Ray's lightsaber, move your arm. Jacko around wanted and... to use it when he was playing baseball, so when he swings, it goes. <laughs> that's good. That's clever. You're not, allowed, you, you're not allowed to you wear can, a fitness tracker or anything. Oh, you're not, so, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's out. But that's that's surprisingly one thing that it's lacking. It's is it a pedometer? Yeah, it does have a pedometer. Oh, go. But you've got to turn it on. Yes, you've got to so hit start that, that, that that is part of it. But it's also uh, you can record sounds. You can play these games. You, you've got uh, the, the sound effects. I think you can have Kylo Ren, Ray's lightsaber, a TIE fighter, of uh, the Millennium Falcon, an X-Wing. So what, what a cool For little $90, product. it's well, outrageous. It's brilliant. It's from right. VTech. It's the VTech. VTech. It's a Star Toys R Us and JB yeah. Hi-Fi. Honestly, if you've got a, a Star Wars-y kid at all, 
be a great um, Christmas present. And in fact, yeah. there's a non-branded one as well. There is a VTech camera watch. Uh, I don't know if it's much cheaper, but yeah. um, it's it's a great present. It's a great Christie present because under 100 bucks is is the sweet spot for a lot of grandparents. Um, they'll love this. The kids. And so it's check got it a out. nice touch screen as well. Like a surprising yeah. surprising number of features packed into this little thing. Yeah. And uh, a kid would love it. I wish I had that when I was a kid. Oh, poor Steve. Yeah. Oh. Two Blokes Talking, it's Stephen's Tragic Childhood. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Oh, that's it? That's it. Unless you want to just gibber on about just random things, which is what we normally do at this no, point of the I show. I don't want to go plane spotting. Are you going to go plane spotting? Yep. Well, that's why so I'm not far from the airport that's here. That's right. So, yeah. yeah, right. I'm just going to go plane spotting. Yeah, right. So he's going to park under the runway and just... No, there's a, there's a new ship's, ship's mound. They've uh, they've actually built a plane spotting. Have they really? Place. Yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, it used to oh, be where you... It's on this side. You used to drive up and it was kind of an um, unofficial spot. So they've built awnings and parking spots there and everything. So... Yeah, so is good. it is it on Qantas Drive up that end, or is it more I near the private the near the, the roads and things? Yeah, right, no, right. No, is it near Krispy Kreme around there, the, near the on the way to the domestic terminal, or it's around on the international side? No, it's not on the international side. It's on um, it's on this side. Okay. Um, so it must be near, think, it must be near past, the near the M five. No, no, it's past. Yeah, it's past the um, the like, car hire storage lots. You know, when uh, you go down the down the road past the private aviation towards uh, yeah. towards the Maccas and the BP. It's it's yeah. down that end. Yep, pretty sure. Pretty okay. sure. Excellent, mate. Anyway, what so what do you got? Now. A camera? You got a camera? You got a little Canon, two hundred mil lens. Nice. Give it a give it a workout. Bit of fun. Fantastic. I've got mate. nothing on, so might as well. There you go. Basically, mate. good life, eh? Yeah. Oh, well, good life. I worked hard this morning. I'm going to work hard tonight. I've worked hard now. <laughs> good for That's you. Three mate. things today. That's good enough, isn't it? I'm just saying, mate. You sound like you're judging me. No, I'm not judging you at all. Good for you. What are you going to sit here and just talk to your dogs? No, I'm so not. you know, no, uh, yeah, you are. I will, I will a little bit, but I've just, I've got other work to do, and I'm, uh, and got a little thing I've got to film this afternoon. Okay, well, good luck yeah. in your life, mate. Thank you. Okay, two <laughs> most talking tech episode. Um, let's call it 319. We yeah. should come back next week and do 320. Let's do it. 320. All right, I'm we'll there. Do it. We'll, we'll do it you in person me. again. It might even be. Send me a calendar. You might even come across the bloody uh, bridge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been using my passport a lot lately, so I might as well get it out again. Oh, yeah, but, cheers. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading back again next week. Thanks to the good folks at Hisense and Netgear.